Hello and welcome to Holly and Hideout. My name is Holly and Jimmy, or Holly and James if you prefer. And uh, welcome. Today joining me is Sam. And if you don't remember, me and Sam did a uh, podcast, like one of the very first podcasts on our top six artists and albums that you should listen to. Sam, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I've seen better days, but uh, <laughs> anyway, we are going to be giving you... Five movies to watch while you're stuck in quarantine, hanging out with friends, or if you got, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a husband, wife, whatever that is, you know, I don't know what that is anymore. Uh, these are some movies that y'all should watch together, I think. So, Sam's going to take us away. All right. I will take you away to my first pick. Um, my selection is kind of, I, it's it's nothing to really uh, gander over uh, too much. It's just kind of stuff that I've been watching lately um, and I've watched like past couple of months. So I think the first movie I'll mention is actually a horror western that I found uh, not too long ago. Um, it was from 2015 and I've heard about it but I just recently uh, found it on DVD called Bone Tomahawk. It's starring uh, Kurt Russell as the sheriff in an old west town. Basically, it has him and it has a uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard Jenkins. He plays in a lot of classic movies. If you've seen The Shape of Water, he's he's in that. He's he's the guy with the glasses that goes around. Uh, and is best friends, um, who's also a, a tenant in the same apartment as the main character and stuff like that. He's in a lot of classic movies. He's the dad and and stepbrothers. You probably know what I'm talking about if I say that. Um, and Patrick Wilson, which is famous for Insidious and uh, Conjuring, is being um, Ed Warren. So basically, Patrick Wilson's character, his wife, is uh, tending to a wounded bystander um, that is a questionable bystander that was in an altercation with Kurt Russell in a bar because they suspected him of, of murder and he tried to run and was shot and uh, Patrick Wilson's wife is the town medic, nurse, whatever you want to call it and is tending to him and while she is tending to him um, the night rolls away and she comes up missing along with a couple of other people and it turns out that the man she was tending to uh, wandered into an Indian territory and messed with one of their burial grounds and it turns out that these Indians are cannibals and <laughs> have taken these people captive so Kurt Russell along with Patrick Wilson who's also recovering from an injury um, with a broken leg is going basically across the desert to to find his wife along with these other guys including um, a gunslinger and the deputy's partner and it's it's a slow burn it's it's gritty and dirty it's more violent than you think a western would be um, and when the shit hits the fan it, it hits the fan really hard and if you're not into slow burn movies, it's it's it may be something you want to pass by. But if you like western and it interests you, that maybe a, a horror western would be 
something cool to look into. Uh, definitely check it out. All the the cast is amazing. The dialogue is amazing. Um, like I said, the pacing is slow, but when it gets to the altercations with the with the cannibals, it's it's very intense and very cool, very out there kind of movie. So give that one a shot. Bone Tomahawk. Oh, that sounds very interesting, especially uh, if, we, if we know anything about supernatural or lore or anything like that. You know, you don't mess with Indians in their burial grounds because it always comes back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my number five for me is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And uh, this movie is, I think it came out in like 2011, 2012? Yeah, like early 2010s. I, I don't remember the year, but this this movie... It's been always one of my favorite movies. Uh, Likewise. I mean, if you don't know anything about it, it's based off of the comic book, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and it's basically just like a big reference to video games and uh, anime and music for, you know, from that type of genre, you know? Mm-hmm. Pretty much Scott Pilgrim battles Ramona's 7X evil boyfriends or something like that. I don't really remember, but uh, check it out. It's got a lot of great music. got a great cast. Uh, Michael Sierra. Chris Evans, um, I can't remember the blonde-headed girl's name, his ex, save my life. People like that are in the movie, it's got a big, you know, big name cast. I think cast. the ex is played by the woman who's playing, uh, uh, Captain Marvel. I think that's who that is. Brie Larson. Mm-hmm, Brie yeah, Larson. her, yeah, uh... Did you say Michael Sierra? <laughs> it's Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. whatever. No, it's okay, I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, okay, whatever, <laughs> but I mean, if you're into, if you haven't seen the movie, uh... If you're into like video games, it's got references from Mario when they open up a door and it's a star from it's Mario 64. Nostalgic. It's got Zelda music. For Christ's sake, when Scott goes pee, when he goes to pee, he's got a pee bar. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's pretty good. Uh, it's, Very cool retro style. And it's also spun off the video game on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. That was really freaking fun to play. Yeah, that, that side scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah, it's a side. Not there anymore though. Which. They would revamp and remaster one day. Which they are. They said they're going to do really? it. Really? Yeah. And I also heard that they're doing something special for the uh, 10th anniversary or something like that this year for That'd the movie. That'd be really cool. They need to just go ahead and announce a sequel. Right? <laughs> but yeah, so that is my number five, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It is on Netflix. I do believe. I think I saw it on Netflix. Uh, but I own the special edition copy of it. I caught it Walmart during Black Friday on sale. <laughs> for $3? No, it's actually a dollar. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I got lucky Perfect. there. <laughs> but anyway, Sam, what is your number four? Uh, my number four is kind of one of those movies that I think uh, would be good to, whether you watch it by yourself, it's a, it's also a family movie. It's not very vulgar or anything like that. Well, it's kind of vulgar, but it's not too bad. Um, it's it's definitely a couple movie, in my opinion, because it's, it's the 1987... Uh, I guess you call it a comedy drama from the Coen brothers who are famous for doing No Country for Old Men, Fargo, and tons of other movies that people consider classics. And the only movie I know out of that whole entire list was uh, No Country for Old Men. Now, that movie knocks you on your butt. But anyway, <laughs> but we're talking about Raising Arizona right now. This is kind of their early days. They didn't start making movies till the early 80s, so this was kind of like right when they were starting. Um, but Raising Arizona... Uh, 1987 stars Nicolas Cage I want to say in either his first or one of his first roles because he is super young in this and he plays a convicted felon who falls in love with a police officer um, and it's the police officer that's taking pic- uh, what is it when they take pictures of you 
and get arrested. Um, mugshots? Yeah, that takes his mugshots. Um, he keeps getting um, in jailed for countless reasons. He'll get out on parole, and then he'll go back in, and he keeps meeting the same girl, um, taking his mugshot every single time, and eventually they fall in love, and he finally decides to cut the crap and, and marry her, and, you know, push comes to shove, and they get a place and, and everything, and they want kids. Uh, turns out she's barren. Uh, because of his criminal past, they can't adopt, so they have to result to criminal measures in order to have a child together. <laughs> so the um, uh, a man that's famous for his furniture company um, and has a lot of money uh, has quints with his wife, which is he has five kids at the same time, and uh, they decide to go and steal one of them um, and raise it as their own, you know, and John Goodman is in it. It's it's one of his uh, earlier roles too. Um, tons of people that you wouldn't expect to be in it are in it. But it, it's funny. There's hijinks. There's um, good character development from you know, of course, being a criminal to trying to be a good dad and be a good husband, and seeing you know things out there you don't want to be and things you do want to be. You know, it's it's a good heartfelt movie and it's funny and. And, you know, it's a classic. It's got a high rating, and definitely check it out. It's Raising Arizona by uh, 1987, Nicolas Cage's, one of his first films. That's, That's my four. That's very interesting. I might have to check that out. But uh, my number four is seven. Going dark. <laughs> you know, the movie that brought us the famous line by Brad oh. Pitt. Oh, a watch in the box. You know what's in the box? <laughs> that line. But if you don't know, it's it's got Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt in it, and that's that Hall who you know she knows in the movie. Um, <laughs> but pretty much uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are they are uh, detectives trying to solve a murder case that the murder bases all of the uh, kills off the seven deadly sins. So it gets pretty wild out there as they find one for gluttony and how he ate himself to death and stuff like that it's a movie that you should check out with your wife boyfriend husband <laughs> girlfriend you know it's just one of those movies that you should you know you should sit down with and be like all right let's watch it you know it's an older movie but it holds up yeah of course it holds up it's it's kind of like a it's disturbing crime drama from the 90s like a lot like silence of the lambs it reminds me of just kind of like the whole uh dark atmosphere but it's got that crime thriller type thing going on and it's 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 a classic along with silence of the lambs but yeah seven is a, is a great movie even though it's radically disturbing at times it, it brad pitt and morgan freeman knock it out of the park you know unusual combo but they do it yeah oh yeah uh i most definitely would go check out the movie like i said grab your significant other sit down watch it and then you know whoever the male is just look at your partner and be like what's in the box <laughs> that will forever be like the the thing you go back to on on days that are hard you just do that and y'all y'all feel better yeah but uh anyway we're rolling into our number three sam my number three is actually a remake and usually remakes aren't that good um but this remake um although it was hated by the original director, who's Italian, and made the original in the 1970s. It was remade in 2018. 
Um, it's Suspiria. Um, originally, in 1970s, it was it was considered just like a, a low budget, um, low uh, low key uh, slasher movie about a coven of witches residing in a German dance school, who are looking to basically find the perfect girls within this dance academy to go and complete this ceremony to revive this thousand year old witch it's it's a it's definitely a horror movie but the 2018 uh is way more graphic um and while the 1970s has a lot of like it's kind of more style over substance it has a lot of neon um, lights, a lot of reds, and it's, it's beautiful to look at. But with this one, they went more serious and more further into the lore, more further into the plot. And but it still resides in 1970s Berlin, where this American girl comes to this dance school and um, is just trying to do her best to be one of the best dancers there. And you know the mysteries become more intense and things become more violent and and scary and gory and also Tom York from Radiohead did the soundtrack and it is one of the most out there soundtracks it's not necessarily scary it's just that he think of Radiohead's music and then put like a little bit of that along with some you know regular scary drone-like music within, you know, horror movies and, and their soundtracks and stuff like that. And it's but just, is he a creep? <laughs> he didn't do a version of Creep, sadly, for the credits, but he, but he really did something special with this soundtrack. I, I bought it not too long ago, and there's some amazing songs that he even performs live in, in his solo sets. But um, anyway, it, it's a cool movie. It's got a lot of cool shots, a lot of cool effects, um, it's definitely disturbing, but it is is definitely an experience to watch. So definitely go check out the Suspiria remake. If you want to check out the 70s one before you check out the remake, you can probably find it on eBay. I, I think it's out of print, so you'll have to find a used copy like I did. But um, I think 2018 one will surprise you if you watch them back-to-back. So give it a shot, Suspiria 2018 remake. Huh, that's... Interesting, and I think I'll be skipping on that one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now we're getting to my number three, and my number three is an anime movie. So, oh, wow, uh, I didn't expect that one. Yeah, and which is, you know, <laughs> an- anime is more my type thing than, I, I don't watch movies. Teach his own, yeah. So, anime like is more my thing, movies. so when there's an anime movie, I, of course, I would jump on that on a heartbeat. But, yeah. my number three is Your Name. Okay, and, uh, which I've seen that as well. If you don't know what your name is, it came out in 2016, uh, 2017 is when it got released on DVD, I think, or 2018, something like that. But your name is basically a Freaky Friday experience, uh, which was another movie uh, where the two main characters, uh, the boy and the girl, they swap bodies. But when the boy swaps body with the girl, he actually goes back in time to her period, and she goes to his time in the future. So we get to watch a uh, relationship unfold throughout the movies as they swap. And, of course, at first, you know, they didn't want nothing to do with it and they wanted, you know, nothing to be a part of their lives. But they got forced to deal with it because they kept swapping. 
And it, it has to deal with a lot of like Buddhist uh, theory and religion in the movie, especially when it comes down to the comet falling on the village and the whole entire um, shrine mating thing where they're dancing and making the alcohol and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting movie. Uh, it is one you most definitely want to sit down with your significant other and watch. Yes, yeah, uh, that's a great date movie. I, I personally used it as a date movie for my own relationship and she loved it and she's not a huge anime person except for death note which everyone knows about but your name is definitely a good starter anime movie if you want to get your significant other in anime right well. right and you know it's just it's it's all around it's it's a really good movie it gets you in your feels kind of and it's got good it, music too yeah it does have a really good soundtrack uh and it's nothing too crazy it's nothing, you know, like a lot of people are just like, well, anime are for kids and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's not really a kid's movie. It's really more like a romance comedy movie. Yeah, I mean, the things and can be relatable to anybody. Body, right. And it's just one that you want to grab your significant other and sit down and watch. Uh, of course, I watched it alone. Like I said, bastard I am. Nothing wrong with that. I did too when I first saw it. <laughs> but... Uh, we're going to move on to number two, and y'all should really go check out your name. Uh, you could probably watch it on Funimation, because they did the dubbing for it. And if you didn't know, uh, the guy who also did uh, your name came out with another movie called Fireworks, which is on Netflix, and he's got another one coming out, Weathering With You, which I'm really excited to watch. So. Yeah, he's, he's, he's dishing out the bangers one after another each year, so keep up with that director if you can remember his name. Nope. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So we're doing number two. Yeah, so. what's your number two, man? Uh, my number two is actually uh, slow burn sci-fi. Um, you and the slow burns. I know, like uh, slow burns are not always my thing, but when I sit down to watch a slow-paced movie and I'm in the mood for one, there are actually a lot of good ones out there if you just let yourself kind of absorb what's going on, you know, and not think so much about the pace. But just kind of, if it's going to tiptoe around the plot and, and be kind of slow in some spaces, you know, just follow, follow its footsteps and, and just kind of see where it goes. Um, but, yeah, my number two is going to be the sci-fi called Annihilation. Um, I'll go ahead and say that it was panned by critics. Um, but it, it's a very... I don't want to say divisive movie. It's it's very polarizing. That's that's the word. It's one of those polarizing movies where it's for some people and it's not for other people. I've talked to many friends of mine who've watched it, and namely Gage, which is a childhood friend of mine who's I've also brought into the new group of friends that I've um, encountered in the past six years, like James and Alex that you've heard on the podcast before, and. And um, but he watched it and hated it, and I watched it and and loved it for what it was. But anyway, um, so you're in for a kind of polarizing ride. You may like it, you may not. But if you're interested in it, definitely give it a shot. It's about a woman, um, played by Natalie Portman, who is a biologist, and she was also a former soldier. Um, she joins a mission. Um, well, is that the movie where they go to that uh planet? You don't go to a planet. It's it's on it's on Earth. It, it basically, what happens is she is brought into, um, well, she has a husband that is gone for a very long time who works for the government, in, in the military, and he comes back and all of a sudden he's super super sick and he's bleeding out of like orifices and 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 he seems fine at first but then he starts to get these like 
very like long leaning and and cold stares like like there's something not right about him like he's almost not himself and then he gets taken you know by the military to be to to a military hospital at a base and she goes along with him and because of her past being a, a biologist and and being um in the military herself she joins this military um group to investigate this alien-like what is it it's like an alien-like prism that is getting bigger and bigger and engulfing this entire piece of land basically what has happened is a meteor from some place in the cosmos or some alien life form has in this meteor has come down to earth and it hits a lighthouse and from this lighthouse it begins to form this prism-like, mirror-like force field that starts encapsulating just entire pieces of land, and it's it's almost, uh, they relate it to a tumor, like, it's like cancerous, it starts uh, reorganizing DNA, and, and people start, that are inside of it too long, start becoming part of the terrain, and it's just, but... The idea they have behind this like cosmic alien being force, whatever you want to call it, um, the concept behind it, it just makes it to where there's like unlimited possibilities of cool visuals with plants and, and no Cthulhu. <laughs> it's kind of Cthulhuish. It really is. It's based off of cosmic horror, a lot like H.P. Lovecraft, which is why I checked it out. But anyway, uh, to make the long story short, she goes in with three or four women. I can't remember how many of there were. And um, encounters uh, all sorts of creatures that have been mutated, um, bears and uh, crocodiles with shark teeth, and, and and the bears and other animals. They have physical deformities and and are you know being mirrored in weird ways because that's kind of what the alien force does. It makes you know nature mirror nature. But yeah, it mirrors nature, it mirrors the people and animals inside the prism, and it just leads to a really cool, uh, intense sequences and a cool story. And like I said, it's a slow burn, but it really makes you question, you know, human philosophies and why, um this alien force is just acting the way it is not to be hateful or because it's looking to destroy humankind but it's just exploring and it's doing what it knows to do and then it reflects that with um, human life and our ability to annihilate everything and ruin everything uh, you know for selfish and, and hateful and human like reasons it's just that's why the whole thing is a prism it's it's a kind of a metaphor for that so you eventually you know get into those kinds of themes but anyway it's really thought-provoking slow-moving sci-fi and it's definitely something worth checking out if you want you want a movie to make you think and and cool visuals cool cool uh atmosphere and music and and good performances so I'll give be... that a shot annihilation <laughs> i think i'll be skipping on that one too well <laughs> it's not for everyone. <laughs> well, then, uh, that was your number two, right? That was my number two. Right, so my number two is actually a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> and, 
I wonder what made him take the role in this movie, but it is Mandy. And if you don't know what Mandy is, basically this is what I caught from the movie. It's a drug-filled alcohol adventure of Nicolas Cage getting revenge on a cult for killing his wife. Um, it's a very colorful movie, I will say that. <laughs> the music is very, I think it was like like 60 to 80s era or something like that. Yeah, it was It was more of that kind of like trippy acid rock kind of um, like psychedelic that era. stuff going on. Like that era. Uh, the, the music is like very sci-fi-ish. Uh, the, the the cult was very like cult-like. like Manson kind of like cult to me. That's what it seemed yeah, like. Yeah, they, they did the kind of like regular kind of Manson-ish but kind of like a religious twist kind of cult. That was, uh-huh. that was something. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Nicholas, but one, the greatest thing about this movie though, Nicholas Cage hardly spoke. Best part of the whole entire movie, he he would speak, but it was more like him just yelling, and we all love a good Nicolas Cage yell, don't we? Oh yeah, he's so dramatic. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially when he's just sitting there all tied up and he's watching his wife get burned by the cult. Yeah, well, don't waste it. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I mean, spoiler. I mean, alert. I mean, hey, this is one movie that you would most definitely want to sit down. Which is significant to other get you know get, get something you know make you hallucinate and you watch this movie get some absinthe <laughs> or uh, you know just get some alcohol and you just watch this kind of movie yeah, and then just get some chill stuff and 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 then you know you go make babies no I'm joking no that's not what this is about <laughs> but anyway I, I'm I'm being stupid but this this kind of kind of what the movie reminded me of yeah it's, it's definitely <laughs> one of those things that makes you want to like just wreck something. And apparently in different ways according to James. <laughs> but, but it's uh, definitely yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but I mean it's 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 a it was a good movie. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's kind of a slow burn too, but it's got the action to kind of boost it up. It was the action, it was more like I like the uh atmosphere of it, how it was like very sci fi ish. It definitely has its own kind of style too. And especially the uh the the, the writers, you know, they all they were like alien kinda of like because they were addicted to the uh the drug. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, some of the enemies in that are some of the villains in the movie. They're they're very uh, decked out and like BDSM gear and stuff like that. All because this drug made them go insane and they're, they've transformed into this, these demon like creatures. It's terrifying, but it's awesome. At the same time, it's the most metal movie you'll probably find lately. Also, this is a movie you do not let your children watch at uh, all. Yeah, please don't do that. Uh, it's rated R for a reason. Yeah, so this is a movie that plus. this is a movie that you want to sit down with your significant other, and you lead the kids out of this, and you watch, uh, or you watch it alone, or you be like me and be like, "Hey, mom, watch this movie," and she was just like, "And then they'll hate it." And then she was like, "What's this movie?" Like, like I like Nicolas Cage, but what, what was with this movie? I was like, "Shh, just understand, <laughs> just understand the movie. You'll be all right." But anyway, what's your number one, bro? My number one, uh, there's a brother duo direct, uh, yeah, a brother director duo um, that's been making movies since the early 2010s, I want to say, late 2000s, um, and they have been killing it with great movies. Um, their very first kind of like theatrical release, big budget movie, um, is this one that I'm about to mention. They're they're called the uh, the Safety Brothers. Um, you may know them from their more commercial release that just came out called Uncut Gems, 
with Adam Sandler playing a jeweler who comes across this. Is like, that on Netflix? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. And um, he comes across this million quadrillion dollar opal and is having a tough time keeping it in his hands. But anyway, that's not what the movie I'm talking about. I'm talking about the movie that came before Uncut Gems called Good Time featuring uh, Robert Pattinson and actually also features uh, one of the brothers in the director's duo as Robert Pattinson's character's brother. Uh, the director... Josh Safdie um, plays a mentally handicapped brother to Robert Pattinson's character named uh, Constantine, and um, but they call him uh, they call him something else. I can't remember his name in in there. But anyway, uh, he they're they're kind of he. I'd say Robert Pattinson's character is more of. I've got to do what I got to do, whether it's Rob Banks do anything to just live in this city and 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 make do. And he's the you know he takes care of his brother. His brother's mentally handicapped, and his brother is actually trying to get better, you know, because he's had a hard childhood, you know, especially growing up with a brother who's been involved in so much criminal activity and stuff. And he is trying to get better and and even the movie opens up with with Robert Pattinson's character breaking in on a therapy session uh with the mentally handicapped brother and the mentally handicapped brother breaking down and it's very heartbreaking but basically a after all this happens Robert Pattinson gets the bright idea that they need to rob a bank so um they rob the bank and they do it successfully for the most part but after they get their um cab or they get in their getaway uh, driver's car, whichever one it was. I can't remember exactly. I haven't seen it in a minute. Um, of course, you know what do people do when they rob banks? They they put um, they put ink cartridges or whatever the little ink bombs inside the inside the bills, um, so that they can be recognized by police if they're running in public. That they hate. They just robbed a bank. So that happens. They get in a running chase uh, from the cops, and the mentally handicapped brother gets arrested. Uh, but Robert Pattinson gets away. So Robert Pattinson, through this entire movie, is chasing time um, because he knows in, in the mental capacity of his brother he's not going to be able to survive in prison. And it shows him getting beat up and everything like that. And Robert Pattinson's racing against the clock in the undergrounds of New York trying to find a way to get his brother out of jail. And it's it's very high-paced. It's very intense. The music is amazing. Um, definitely check out the the artist who does the uh, soundtrack for this movie. He he did a uh, um, a cool electronic project called uh, One O Tricks Point Never. That he he has really cool electronic music going on. It's very atmospheric, very cool. Um, and but the music will definitely stand out and definitely made the movie better in my opinion. But it's very high-paced, very good movie. Great performance from Robert Pattinson and one of the directors, uh, Benny Safdie. Or not Benny Safdie, Josh Safdie. But yeah, check that out. Uh, it's a good time. A good time? Yeah. I'm going to have a good time watching Good Time. <laughs> I actually might not skip this one. It's actually, I'm, I promise you, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. Definitely give it a shot if you think about it. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll almost definitely check it out. Sure. I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> and then, uh, my number one is a weird movie. Like, I know what it is. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, you're the motherfucker who got me into it. <laughs> My number one is, of course, Donnie freaking Darko. Uh, you know, wake up, Donnie. But, uh, you know, fuck. My mind just my, see my mind goes blank when I try to talk about this movie. Yeah, this mind this 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 mind. See, I'm even getting screwed up here. <laughs> this movie will literally it will. Can I say bad words? Yeah, go for it. You can. It will mind fuck you for sure. It is definitely one of those movies that you'll get the gist of it the first time you watch it, but there's so much more to it, and it's just so trippy and so out there. But it's just so. All right, so basically when Donnie Darko wakes up on a golf course, he comes home to find a plane engine has fell uh, on his house, which, you know, would landed in his room. So things start to happen, and he learns that uh, he learns about time travel, love, and his decisions and how they play out. Because he didn't care about all that stuff before, before. but this, yeah. this, this starts to matter. Uh, not only that, the uh, it's got some key actors in this movie, like a young Jake Gyllenhaal, Drew Barrymore, uh, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Patrick Swayze made a cameo in this. If you know, Pat, his, Patrick, you know Patrick Swayze, he just surprised the crap out of me, and his role was even more like, huh? Yeah, while huh? Patrick Swayze plays. Huh? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but it's Patrick Swayze. He's, he plays great characters. Anyway, around. right. And not only that, the you know the artwork for the cover uh, for the the. the Frank the Rabbit. Yeah. I'd make a great tattoo idea one day for somebody. For sure. <laughs> Definitely a one of a kind little design for for a, a supporting character there. Uh I don't know I don't know if you could watch this on any streaming site. Uh probably on Amazon Prime, but you'd have to rent it. But it's cheap if you go online and buy it. It's definitely worth a buy too. Yeah, he bought it Sam bought it for me, uh bought me a copy of it and it's like five dollars. And uh, <laughs> after I watched, I went back and watched the interview. Uh, the, the people talk about the uh, time time travel philosophy book, mm-hmm. and that just it it messed with say, it messed with my mind. When you watch when you watch it for the first time, definitely just see it for the surface level kind of story that it is, as far as uh, the whole love and meaning of life, and 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 going from a depressed mental case to actually giving a shit about what happens to certain people definitely watch it for that because that's the heart of it but if you want to learn more about the the sci-fi and crazy trippy part of it definitely go research um the book that's featured in the movie called the philosophy of time travel it has all these weird ideas and they line up with the movie perfectly and they they're explained more in the director's cut but it's still very vague in the director's cut but definitely that's that'd be a cool thing to do on your second viewing yeah, uh, like I said, Donnie Darko was a a movie that I refused to watch for a long time just because it was like a, one of those cult classic movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little overhyped at times. At times, then, you know, one day I was really bored and I was like, you know what, Sam, just let me borrow Donnie Darko and I hate you for that. Yeah, because I didn't expect him to like it, but he actually <laughs> liked it because he doesn't like vague movies all the time, and but he liked it, so I was I was surprised. But anyway, I got a couple of, uh, I got like um, two extra movies that I'm going to give out. Uh, me, and you have, me and you have watched all these movies, so we can talk about them. Sure. The first one is a documentary. It is called Zach Bagan's Demon House. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who Zach Bagan is, he is the, um, the, the main star of Ghost Adventures. Yeah, the physical, dramatic persona of this ghost hunting show. On a travel channel called Ghost Adventures, for, yeah, yeah, it's it's he went and bought a house that was supposedly uh, a demon 
haunted the house and the family and the family there you know they it was all in the newspapers in the town where it was and this this and that and so he went and bought the house and um he investigated the house and uh apparently it had a really bad uh, effect on everybody yeah like some of the um some of the police officers you know they got hurt you know the pastor he he saw the blinds dripping which scared him. Yeah, which is yeah. That, it was just all of a sudden. It was just like liquid or like water or something like that. You know, like you it know, was super hot in there. And all of a sudden, and then uh, Zach and everybody else they experienced that too. Yeah, uh, but then one guy. Um, this may have been a different episode. Didn't one guy like after helping investigate? He he actually became a Satanist. He left the whole thing. That was that movie. Yeah, yeah. That he was that he movie. left. Uh, working with Ghost Adventures and became a Satanist and tattooed himself out and became practicing black magic. It, it was crazy. All all because he all because he went back to the motel room. Uh, he saw the uh, goat man or the goat demon, which is what says haunts the house. Yeah, touch his hand, and that's what set it off. Anyway, uh, if you hear a barking dog, I'm sorry. It's just my little my little. Um, dog barking my little dog i can't remember the breed all i know is it's a bitch it's a little yorkie yeah Uh, (laughs) but uh this is most definitely a movie that you want to go check out uh if you're into like documentaries especially if you're a big fan of ghost adventures yeah there are it doesn't really show uh aaron in it yeah sadly because he's my favorite out of the ghost adventures crew same here next to jay but yeah the it's it's definitely got its like intense moments but it's also got it's like funny like edgy moments and it's but that's kind of like the what ghost adventures is. is yeah and you just gotta love it for what it is and if you're into that ghost show ghost show things like ghost hunters and you know paranormal state and stuff like that and I see mean, one, new. one thing i really like it's it's kind of like a found footage type deal because it's a documentary yeah and those are like my favorite movies if I watch a movie, I'll prefer it to be found footage. Like, like Blair Witch Project. Which is actually coming up next for us. Oh, why'd you do that? I just ruined it. <laughs> both, <laughs> Bla- both Blair Witches, um, you know, the one from 1999, or was it 1999? Yeah, it was 99, and then the reboot from like 27, 16. Which was a sequel. Yeah, it was a it was a spiritual sequel um, to the 99. And it, it, was, it was, you know, now that I rewatch it, you know, recently... Because I did rewatch it recently, actually. It wasn't that bad. It's not bad. It, it's dog shit in some parts, but it's definitely you know if you want some, uh, what do you call that? Uh, if you want like some reminders of the old one, but kind of modernized and you know some throwback kind of things, it's cool for that. It's got some cool gimmicks here and there, and it's got some cool sets, especially and when if, they get to the haunted house. I mean, if you don't know anything about the Blair Witch, um, basically the first one took place in. Fucking it's Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. Yeah, and uh, in the woods, and no the people life. went at the. <laughs> I, I know that I have no life. Basically, they went out there to go. Uh, what was it? The film. They they were. It was basically it was three college students. I can't remember all their names. I know Heather, Heather Josh, and, and um, I can't, I can't remember the the big one's name. That was kind of like he was holding the audio equipment and and doing the camera a lot of the time he was like the, their um yeah their gear man uh i can't remember his name but anyway yeah they're they're doing uh she heather is doing their thesis or doing her thesis i mean on uh the Bur- burkittsville maryland uh 
Blair Witch, who was cast out for supposedly doing witchcraft type things with the kids uh, back in a long hundreds of years ago. Um, they tied her to a tree and, and let her die and succumb to the elements. So she supposedly haunts the woods out there. So they, of course, get footage of the cemeteries where the kids have their, you know... Michael. You know, what What is his name? Michael. Yeah, Michael. Um, Mike. Yeah, they call him Mike. That's what it is. But, yeah, they, they have shots of locals, which are legit people, actually. They're not extras. They're people from the town that they're, inve- that they're filming in. And... Uh, but they're just fed backstory, and so it's all legit sounding. But, yeah, they do that, and then for the first quarter and then the rest of it, they're in the woods getting molested by this ghost. Yeah, just make sure you don't look behind you. <clears throat> yeah, in the don't se- look in the corner. And then the second one, it's her, uh, it's Heather's brother going out and looking for her because they supposedly found a footage out in the woods of, uh, you know, of what looks like to be her, what looks like to be her, you know, yeah, he thinks that her his sister is still alive right. based on the footage that is found in the woods, woods by some locals in Burkittsville that are like you know late twenty somethings that are kind of weird that are all into like the whole entire you Occults know cold yeah and, yeah and all the weird so they more. go out there and they try uh, looking for and time loops man time, time loops, loops and more witch gotta eat this hijinks. rat gotta eat this rat type deal yeah yeah. Gotta eat the rats because there's nothing else to eat. No, nah, man. And, and 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 the twist at the end about the footage they found was actually really nice. Actually, yeah, that's one I thing I did enjoy. It was cheesy, but I I, I, I enjoyed that. Enjoyed I mean, it for what it was, I like the twist. But yeah, those are uh, some extras that you know, they're both horror. You know, all of them been horror related. Mostly, yeah. Uh, for my extras, uh, I'm not really into like action movies, superhero movies. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> Those can be give or take for me too. To uh, I'm not really a romance kind of guy. Uh, Except if you're with somebody, somebody, I guess. Yeah, if I'm with somebody that I'm forced to, then I will. Notebook. Be. The Notebook's actually a good movie. I mean, I never seen the Notebook. Well, you need to educate yourself one day for when you get married. So. Never. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but. Here recently, uh, I don't know what to send this out a little bit later, I've been watching some Korean-type movies and stuff. And Uh-oh. Okay. They have been kind of interesting. A lot of Korean TV shows. Have you seen Parasite yet? That's a Korean movie. Yes. You watched it yes. finally? Did you like it? Yes. It was creepy as I don't know what, but yes. I liked it. That was great. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is my name has been uh, Hylian and James or Hylian and Jimmy. And Sam. The and guest. The guest. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, probably within the next couple of days, I'll be coming out with another one. Uh, yeah, we definitely need to make an honorable mention, like, uh, semi, like, part two, like, takes ten minutes to talk about your Korean movies you've watched. Yeah, we point. we will, but uh, we'll also do a part two of, like, another couple movies that we need to watch. Like, we'll yeah, do uh, we'll spend some more time on them. Like, we'll do another albums thing. But the next one I'm coming out with is... Uh, some games, some co-op games that you could play in while you're uh, stuck in quarantine, cool. because you know the world's going to shit again. Yep. <sighs> anyway, you can go follow me on Twitter at Holly uh, and James. That's H Y L I A N J A M E S. And we some, uh, coming up this week. We'll be streaming over on Twitch at uh, Twitch.tv slash Holly and Hideout seven eight six one. And we'll be playing some Dark Souls remastered, starting over, which is going to suck. Well, good luck to y'all. I've already 
took the vow of silence on those games. I've tried. Doesn't work for me. <laughs> I just can't. I can't meet the challenge. Maybe one day when I have more. But you could do Bloodborne. I could do Bloodborne, but just not. Just not Dark Souls. It's too cheap for me. The kills and the deaths are too cheap for me. I can't figure it out. And anyway, thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, I'm trying to end this podcast, so thank y'all so much. Go follow me on Twitter. Follow me on. Uh, follow him now. Follow Twitch. Him. Follow him now. And uh, if you know any, if you got any kind of subjects you want us, want me or you know Sam or whoever's on the podcast to talk about, let us know. Appreciate it.